broadcasting rent-free from the top of your head. You're listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. I was going to try and come up with some terrible joke about how horrible this week is going to be, but I couldn't, well, I couldn't episode, think of something bad enough. <laughs> oh, I can. Have you ever seen a Marvel movie? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. We're t- oh, no. We're talking about Marvel tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this, it's important to note, though, that this episode is being recorded prior to um, election night 2020. And yes, it'll play. Yeah. Um, you know, almost as if we're we're like Ant Man going back in time and then going forward in time. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> yes. So here we are on the eve of the election, and we thought, um, you know, there's there's a lot of emotion heading into this election, to put it mildly. And we thought it might be interesting to talk about how politics are portrayed in you know pop culture media and how that kind of reflects um the politics that we have today or potentially in the past too and there's a long history of pop culture media and genre media that is reflective of the politics of its time um x-men star wars you know there's there's a lot so um adrian do you want to jump in <laughs> no, like, no. I think you're doing pretty good. Uh, a lot of people out there, I think, underestimate the power that pop culture has. It's like a superpower of being able to take the zeitgeist of the of the era and uh, funneling it into some fun and zany, big, explodey thingy that we all love and latch onto. And it's not until years later that you realize, oh, Star Wars was about Vietnam. <laughs> or you know what have you? It's oh, there's always politics in most of the media we love and consume. So with that uh, in mind, we thought it'd be great to have our friend, our good friend Matt Keating, Matt Keating back yes. on the podcast. He was a frequent guest on Force Fan Podcast, and here he is being our first guest on Brain Slug. Wow, Matt, yeah. I'm your first guest, really on Brain Slug. Well, we've been doing this for like on the, two, uh, three since weeks, the early, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so you you brought me on to talk about Star Wars, right? <laughs> Not uh, this sure. time, but we promise Later. that next uh, oh, okay. time that you come back. <laughs> okay. I think the last uh, time no, I, you you were on, we uh, we talked about the Mandalorian, and right, we can have right. you back to talk about the Mandalorian again. Now that we're at season two, because <laughs> I do uh, I do have some thoughts about Chancellor I'm, Valorum and, okay. and how horrible of of of, of a leader <laughs> of the Galactic Republic <laughs> Chancellor Valorum is. This beguiled. Matt, I think it would be awesome to have you on to do a specific Star Wars and politics episode or the politics of Star Wars, politics mm-hmm. in Star Wars. But yes, tonight we're trying to switch it up a little. Um, given oh, we're talking our- about Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we could. Oh. <laughs> so, okay, but hold on. So before we get into the politics of the Federation... <laughs> How's about you? Uh, how's about you introduce yourself a bit to us? Like, like we we know you. Uh, returning Force fan listeners will recognize you for sure. But you know, just give us a little background on your on your uh, political service. You know how you started, how you got to where you're at, where you hope to go. You, you know, going? just some. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Okay, so uh, uh, I'm really thrilled that we were able to record this after call time because I've been calling voters to get out the vote and make sure that everyone 
it's everyone's voice is heard. Um, it's, in, it's in, you know, our democracy works best when when people participate. Democracy is not a, a spectator sport. I'm honored to have recently been elected to the Eugene City Council here in Eugene, Oregon. And I've served for the last eight years as a trustee on the Lane Community College Board of Education, uh, advocating for tuition-free, debt-free higher education, uh, protecting programs on campus, and, and advocating for living wages on campus and off throughout our community. I was one of the first elected officials locally to advocate for $15 now, way back in 2013, 2014, uh, as, as, a, as a base minimum wage. So um, at a national level, uh, I'm, I'm a, 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 a super delegate. I'm doing air quotes right now because, you know, that's like, <laughs> I, I'm, I, with the Democratic National Co- Committee, I'm, I'm one of Oregon's three um, elected uh Unpledged automatic delegates, aka super delegates. We don't get a cape or, or a cowl or anything with that. Um, <laughs> oh, but, that's disappointing. But, but uh, you know, I, I knock on wood. I hope tomorrow night, because um, this episode again was uh, was recorded the eve of of election night, twenty twenty. I hope it goes uh, well, and and I suspect that by the time this airs, we may not know who the forty sixth president of the United States will be. We might have an Probably idea. Right. Uh, but it's imperative that every vote counts, and the process is set up uh, such that that you know some states do it a little differently than others. Um, in in which you know a postmark counted, uh, like in North Carolina, uh, for example, you know as long as your ballot was postmarked by election day, you have up until nine days, uh, not to get it in, but th- you know for them to to do the count. Um, you know, so fingers are crossed. Uh, that a president uh, who I may just, you know, say is worse than Lex Luthor or or, or president or President Camacho on his best day, um, but uh, I, I hope that 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 the the current occupant is one term and done, and and uh, fingers crossed for this to be a, a safe and smooth process. I think we can all agree well, all on can- that. Yeah. Yep. It's it's an it's an anxious time for sure right now. Yes. And I I mean also just want to thank you for the little mini civics 101. I think there's a lot of confusion about how votes are counted and how that process goes. Um but you know, all of us who were alive and old enough, <laughs> Adrian, uh to remember the 2000 election uh, know that it I can take some the time. remember 2000 election. <laughs> Do you really remember it though? Weren't you like a baby? <laughs> I am not that young and you are not that old. Okay, lady. Did so, you vote in the 2000 election, Adrian? Of course not. Okay. I, I was a baby, I but I was it. an old I, baby. I, w- I missed it by a year. I was 17. I could not vote in the 2000 election. So I also missed it. Not that my vote would have changed anything because I'm in Washington. Okay, maybe you're really a little yet. older than I thought you were. <laughs> I did spend time in Florida. Um, <laughs> in 2012, I was in Florida working to defeat a congressman named Alan West. And uh, and we, I, it was wild to be in a, in a swing state during during an election year. Um, you know, And I'm proud of the results that we saw in Florida in 2012. Um, you know, I... I Again, this this broadcast is being recorded before election night. I'm on pins and needles about how Florida is going to go in 2020. Adrian, yeah. how's Texas? How's Texas going to go? Oh, Texas <laughs> has this commitment issue with the blue. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, there's always you know you start getting comfortable with the idea of Texas going blue, 
uh, you know, you 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 date it for a little bit. You go get dinner. You watch. You take it to a movie. You're thinking, wow, you know, maybe I'm ready to commit to blue. But then election night comes around and it starts off blue, then it gets pink, then it gets a little redder, then it gets pink again. But at the end of the night, there's just a commitment problem. Nothing happens, and we're we're just right back to to Ted Cruz or or Corbin or what have you. Yeah, t- Ted so Cruz. I'm not foreseeing anything radical happening in Texas as far as that's concerned. I mean, we're, uh, we're going to follow the same routine we always do: the flirting, the flirting. The flirting, so to speak. All right. Yeah, you guys. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah. You, yeah. Ted Cruz, man. Like, <laughs> like he, Ted that? Cruz is so bad he couldn't even be a Marvel villain. Like Doc Ock, <laughs> like Doctor Doom, <laughs> Thanos, Red Skull on his worst day. Even Ronin is is has more depth than Ted freaking Cruz. Ronin has more depth than Ted Cruz. <laughs> now that is scathing, my friend. Woof. <laughs> All right, so with that, uh, why don't we speaking dive of in? Yeah, speaking <laughs> of Marvel, and Adrian, I'll let you take over because you were the one that kind of framed all of this out. Um, and we only have Matt for a very limited time, so <laughs> right. So, so we figured, like Kedray said earlier, that uh, we, you know, we would explore uh, the politics of certain uh, uh, pop culture uh, flagships, right? We thought we'd start with. One of, probably one of the most uh, one of the more bigger ones from the last couple of years, and that would be uh, MCU politics, but specifically the Iron Man and Captain America films. So a running theme through those films is you know patriotism, but they're explored in a very very different way. You know, through Tony Stark and Iron Man, we get we get it from a military industrial complex uh, type of POV. Tony Stark is very much a prevent anything before it happens type of type of guy. You know, and that's okay even if you know you. You lose some freedoms here and there, or some people get hurt along the way. You know the, it's it's all justifiable to him. Whereas the Captain America movies and Steve Rogers uh, tend to explore him, explore patriotism from a vantage point of question the government, hold them up to a better standard, uh, stand up to them when you need to. Because in his films, they also always tend to be corrupt bodies of power, which is you know kind of <laughs> hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> So that just got me thinking, you know, especially in the last couple of years, how that's how does that reflect our on our current uh, political situation or this uh, life in general, you know, and also like Team Cap or Team Iron Man, Matt? Uh, team Team Neither. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, team the Ant-Man. Got it. No, no. Team Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> team Hulk. Team Hulk. Uh, you know, the, uh, I, I, I'm so... I'm not a, a okay. I'm probably the worst guy you should have on for like the conversation about the MCU because <laughs> my first job was in a comic book store working for five dollars an hour store credit when I was 14 years old. I am way more about the DC universe than I am about Marvel. Um, like Zack Snyder killed that for me with his crappy movies. Uh, you know, over the last 10 years or so. Uh, so I will say that the the, the MCU tentpole universe has been somewhat uh, exciting. Um, but uh, oh, the, scrap my Spider-Man comment. I would go with uh, T'Challa. I would go with the Black Panther over, Ooh, good these, good over these two characters any day. Uh, Tony Stark is uh, uh, relies way too much on his own personal wealth um, and, 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 and image. Um, uh, he, he can be uh, that can be a turnoff. The first Iron Man film 
Uh, I mean, come on. Would you like? Would Would you like applaud Jeff Bezos? By the way, rolling around with like a indestructible suit? No. So <laughs> no. Um, you, you would not. You would, no one would be cool with that. Uh, you know, it, it, the first Iron Man film is like this. You know, think back to when that was made. What was that? Like 2006? 2008. 2008. That's and when so, it came out. So, so we're like yeah. five years into the uh, Iraq War at that point. And we had been in Afghanistan for seven years, um, a war, by the way, that that's now the longest war in the history of these United States. And mm. that first mm. film really just felt way too pro-war for for my taste. No I didn't doubt. really jump on the MC like like I really didn't like start enjoying the MC uh, MCU universe. I know that's a that's a bit of a redundancy, um, <laughs> right. but. Uh, uh, in, in, until um, th- until the Avengers and, right. and and the final Avengers. Spoiler alert: They both die. Um, the final Avengers film. You know when he when when the way they handled the the, the passing of Tony Stark just was a, a, a gut punch, and it got me. It got me in the feels. Um, but I I I think black like I I, I know. It, 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 it's if you look at it like a American electoral politics, I would have to choose between one of the two. Um, but this is a podcast. This is about politics. This is not the electoral college, so I can say comfortably, Black Panther would would have Third my party support vote. Over, the, yeah. over, over over those two knuckleheads. But but if you had to if it had to if it had to be a binary if it had to if I had to break it down like the twin sons of Tatooine G one and G two G one and G two. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the cap, um, the cap ultimately sacrificed himself, uh, as well as, as Tony. So both, both put, you both were very other centered at the end of the day. Um, I think the cap is stuck in the past. Tony at least is looking, uh, forward to the future, um, I, I I don't know. I think I'd probably I'd rather serve under Cap, but I think I'd have a way 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 better time under Tony. So um, I don't know, man. Well, so like, which which philosophy do you? Uh, it sounds like you're more you'd agree more with the whole personal liberty type of approach, where you know you 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 stand up to the government or, or what have you, like Captain. I would look out to- for the interest of the people, and that's where T'Challa speaks to me. That's where it's like. I I think I'm a more far more of a Black Panther guy than than uh, than I am Iron Man and and, and, <laughs> and lots of toys and and well, oh, okay though Cap was able to pick up Mjolnir. That's Cap, true. Cap, so I'll give Cap the nod because he Cap can use Thor's. Oh my God, this is like the. the now I've become in my mid forties the guys who used to come into the comic book store and have the debate who would win in a fight, Thor or the Hulk, <laughs> and that debate rages on. Yeah, so for the sake of argument here, Adrian and Cat, uh, it's almost a coin toss. I'm going to go with Cap just because he can pick up Mjolnir. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the fact that you brought up Black Panther alone and this kind of third type of politics that was not really in our kind of initial um, (laughs) viewpoint, um, but that also kind of represents a different way. Um, But it's interesting that you... Hmm? A monarchy? A monarchy? Well, no, I'm thinking more about, like, they... 
you know, when you look at Wakanda, it's very kind of isolation. It's a very isolated country, right? Like they're not open yeah. to the outside world, um, which definitely takes its cue from real world politics. China, um, and Japan, I believe at one point also was very um, isolated. So, you know, there's kind of that aspect of it. But the fact that they're much just more kind of social centric, um, then like the whole military industrial complex of the Iron Man films. Um, so those two contrasted together. It's just, it's just in retrospect, because of the, the isolationist comment and, and because of the monarchy comment, I may be rethinking my, my allegiance to T'Challa and I might go with my original, <laughs> my original, um, gut reaction, which was Peter Parker, uh, because of the first amendment, He's a journalist at heart, uh, mm. and, and roughly – I don't have the, the First Amendment in front of me, but roughly Congress shall make no laws respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the freedom of, of the speech of the press or something that Mr. Sanchez made us remember in TV journalism in the seventh grade. Um, <laughs> but uh, Spidey is, is, is a far more compelling character than any of the, these two knuckleheads, uh, Captain America and, and Iron Man. So that's – have we killed the MCU yet, or did Josh Sweden do that for us? <laughs> Josh Sweden did that, but the Russos saved it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're all good. It's true. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I can I can appreciate that uh, your stance there, Matt. Sp- Spider-Man, Spider-Man is arguably the most uh, relatable, relatable uh, superhero out there. Not the maybe not the coolest for some people, but the most relatable. Like everybody ha- can relate to Spider Man on some on some level. So for him, for you to go directly to him, uh, gut gut feeling. I mean, when says, I was, says a lot. When I was like three or four in preschool, uh, supposedly the word got back to my parents, and they've passed this information on to me. But uh, I would apparently get up on the table at our preschool. Uh, you know, we'd watch like Mister Rogers and whatnot, and so in between. Whatever we were watching, if it was in between episodes, uh, I would get up on the table and I would reenact uh, Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk and <laughs> Star Wars, and and, and and it was like a one-man show um, that no one would pay to come see today. But <laughs> here I was as a kid. Spider-Man, the Hulk, and Star Wars were my jam, and I turned out all right. Well, that's right, mostly somewhat. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Cat, uh, Cat, and I were in planning for this episode. We were also, uh, you know, we, we looked at several different, you know, properties out there, and one that we returned to a few times before we just decided to stick with it was District Nine. Now, have you seen District uh, Nine, Matt? Oh, years ago, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good, fi- it's a, it's a, it's a. I would. It's a, it's a disturbing film. It's a good film. Um, it's a powerful film. It's a film that doesn't need a sequel. Uh, and and if, <laughs> if uh, like <laughs> that's way to ruin it, guys. Um, no, I agree. It doesn't need a sequel. It's pretty 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 good. We it, don't it need no District Ten. You know, yeah, whatever. and it also did what like Blair Witch couldn't do, and you know, which would basically just get me seasick. And you know, but that 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 style. <laughs> Of of filmmaking, uh, I think worked for 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 District Nine, um, and you know, and it was interesting to see it take place outside of, um, you know, out, outside of a U.S. city. It was interesting, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 
different texture for sure. Yeah, it was it, District, it District, District 9 to a, a, a cool film. Yeah. Well, so Adrian actually just rewatched it. It's also been years since I've seen it. But what I remember most starkly about that film is really the beginning. And you get this, you know, ship, spaceship full of aliens. And rather than being welcomed, um, they're basically placed in camps in these limbo spaces where they're not really considered citizens and um you know separate from the rest of humanity basically and mm-hmm. i'm just my my thought was this is like i feel i feel like that's very reflective of periods of throughout the u.s where we have treated other populations um this way do you have any thoughts about that or anything <laughs> um as part of as part of that like this movie also includes um um the role like corporations that are kind of involved or take advantage of situations like this and i mean i think we can also a little bit reflect on that um in relation to what's happening currently during the pandemic um and yeah, where, so where did the have- district nine 9- yeah, where where did District Nine take place? Was it take, take place in South Africa? Yes. It was. It was South um, Africa. Yes. I mean, one could make Which the argument a, oh, that that yeah that fictional government take took better better care of of the fictional uh, supposed foes in 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 or the fictional antagonists. Actually, I guess they wouldn't be the antagonists. They might be the protagonists, depending on your point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, uh, then our own government takes care of a babies on the border. Uh, just saying. That, that there are um, there are children in cages right now. There are families yeah. that have been separated. There are at last count what five hundred and fifty five children that have no way to, to get in to get connected to their 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 family members who may have been deported, who may be locked up. Um, that's on us as a society, and. We as a, as a, as a nation, or we as a planet, we as a society, we as a people, are only as good as as how well we take care of the most vulnerable among us, and and so I look to how we are taking care of children who may not speak our language, who by no fault of their own were brought to this land for opportunity, and were sadly is not harsh enough a word ripped from their parents, separated, and it's now been years with no develop development, with no love, no care, minimal amounts of shelter and food in the most deplorable of conditions. That's on us and and we 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 fundamentally need to change that 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 approach. Yeah, no, uh, I mean you totally hit it right on the head and I don't know when that movie came out, but the fact, I mean, I remember seeing it and thinking like this was horrifying, right? Like, and we're literally in a situation now where something, you know, we're seeing similar. <laughs> we're having this really serious dog? discussion, dog. <laughs> so, so, sorry, guys. It's, it's my dog. It's, it's She's chiming in. Oh yeah. no worries. <laughs> this is very squeak, squeak. very very heavy topic here. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to laugh. So 
She so she's good at of, that. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh good. No it's worries. one of those. It's one of those things where I feel like. You know, obviously there have been cases in the past in in our history and in other countries' history in oh my gosh, other countries' history where this has happened with populations of people, but it's it's horrifying to think about now in the 21st century like this is still still going on. Um Yeah. And that we're still having yeah, to deal gotten, with this. And we we haven't gotten to that like utopia Star Trek yet where we can be accepting of all people. The fact that we can't even be accepting of the people that live on this planet, um, right. let alone, you know, people from anywhere else. The Federation's if they exist. pretty racist if you think about it too, though. Well, but yeah. That's, I mean, that's a different that's, podcast. That's a different con- yeah, that's a different that's a different podcast episode. You know, I I so. I, I get a comment though. Uh I, I watched District Nine again for the first time since I think high school before recording. Uh I like I literally finished watching it like twenty minutes before jumping on. Uh the first ten minutes is all you really need to get that whole uh feel of what we're talking about. The imagery in those first ten minutes, hugely in part because uh, of the way it was filmed, like Matt commented on the whole uh, Fox documentary uh, type of approach. Yeah. You could splice some of that footage from District Nine into CNN footage, Fox News footage, MSNBC, whatever, and it'll fit right in. You got these. I, did, did, I think the Trump campaign might have used some of its footage for its commercials. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Which which brings me to my next point, Adrian, about the best and worst fictional presidents that we uh, have ever had to endure on the silver screen, um, because Lord knows the forty fifth president is certainly the worst in my lifetime, enough if not the worst in the history of these United States. Are we going to go best presidents or worst presidents? Mm. Let's go best. All right. Can we can we can we at least uh, can we at least throw in a, an honorable nod to to the worst fictional presidents? Sure thing. All right. Who wants to kick it off? Cat. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I did not make a list of worst fictional presidents. I only made a list of best because I'm tired of crappy presidents, and I didn't yeah. want to get into it. <laughs> I was also I think trying our to best. Think- our best are probably going to be all the three. The three. Same people anyway. I would be shocked if I no. I I bet we I bet we have some differences, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Should we all start with our number three and work down? Um. Sure. Or uh, yeah. Sure. My number three comes from Independence Day because <laughs> how could you say President no? President Whitmore is not your number one. No. What? God, no. 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 What? No. No. no, no. <laughs> No, number three. Give me, give me, give me uh, Independence Day, President Whitmore. Um, wow, that was a tough one. That was a tough one because uh, they're, you know, he was he was competing with. Uh, well, I'd give away my one and two if he told you he was competing with. But uh, okay, yeah, all right, President Whitmore. All right, Adrian, all right. you got one. Then it, it, you know, Cat, I want to hear your number three, please. Sure. Um, okay, well, I'll jump in before Adrian. Oh. And my number three uh, that I'm going with is uh, President Laura Roslin from Battlestar Galactica. I knew it. Took I knew over it. After the, <laughs> <laughs> who took over after the Cylons decimated Earth and had to step into that role after being like 37th in line or something for the Yeah, the, the, she was the education presidency. secretary. Yes, uh-huh. she was. Oh, dear An God. Could you useful imagine Betsy, ex- Betsy DeVos? Oh, dear yeah. God. Yeah. 
But uh, Laura no, Roslin no, would have eaten Betsy DeVos for breakfast. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so she's my top three. It's good. That's a good Adrian. one. Adrian, Adrian, yeah. what do you got? Uh, this one's a bit of a cheat because we didn't actually see it happen in the series, but the series ended with that kind of note. Uh, I'm going to say Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Not again, a bit of a cheat. She's not actually president in the series, but it's implied that she's going to at very, least run. Very forward yes. thinking of you. Okay. Uh, my number two. <laughs> my number two. Okay. Get off my get off my plane. <laughs> okay, that's my number two too. <laughs> that's my number two too. That's everybody's number two. I don't care if he's president on solo, president Indiana Jones, president regarding Henry. He's freaking Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford for life. Um, yes. You know, he he like rescues people in Montana. He like flies around and I and know, totally, yeah. It's pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, President Marshall. Yeah. Yep. President yes, Marshall. Hall. Yeah. Across the board, number two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. We, we all agree. So that means number one, the, you all must have. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Adrian, number one. Dude, for me, it's President Whitmore. He, oh, he, that's right. All right. He brought the whole world together with it. I, I never fail to get chills whenever I hear that speech towards the end of the movie. That's Aaron like can one of the recite best presidential that entire speeches speech ever. from memory. And for good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, even, even your dog agrees. Like, here, here. Right. Cat, <laughs> uh, who's your number one? Uh, my number one, and this is kind of a cheat because <gasps> it's like technically not the president of the U.S. It's like the president of the world is uh, Christian Avarasala from The Expanse. She takes over. I knew it too. You <laughs> Let me peg, Adrian. <laughs> I do. I, I I know you very well, Kat. I thought she was going to go with like the 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 star the, the president from Star Trek Six, the Undiscovered Country. I don't know. I probably haven't seen that movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's a, it's it's he's not a good president. He's pretty lame. No, no. Um, <laughs> all right, so, my, my my dog is getting wild, so uh, I think I might I might this will be my my final contribution to the to the brain slug podcast tonight. My 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 number one POTUS. It was a tough choice between President Merkin Muffley from Doctor Strangelove, played by Peter Sellers. Oh, or, good choice. Mm-hmm. Or, or 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 the the almost unwatchable president from Star Trek uh, Two. Or I'm sorry, Superman Two. Um, you remember uh, Gen- <laughs> freaking General Zod tells him to, to kneel. To kneel, um, yes. That guy's pretty worthless. Uh, I would uh, go with President Josiah Jed Bartlett. Mm, oh, um, good choice. Oh. Good choice. West, West Wing. Wing. West yeah. Wing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big yes. time. Big time. Mm-hmm. All right. President Martin Sheen. Good choice. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> so let, let, let Biden be Biden. will be uh, my final sign off to you. Um, <laughs> If, you know, thank you for having me on your podcast, and and thank you for um, thank you for voting. Thanks for doing yes. your. <laughs> thanks oh man, for, thanks, thanks for, for voting. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for talking with us. Uh, good luck tomorrow, man. I, I know y'all have your hands full. You were talking to me about about it before we were recording, so you know all all the power to you. Yeah, thank you all. Good Be luck. well. Good luck with your work tomorrow, and thanks for joining us, Matt. Thanks, and you know what? How, no matter how uncertain things may seem right now, you know we're that. 
just to stay positive and stay vigilant for small D democracy's sake. And uh, we're going to get through this. Thanks, all. All right. Thanks, Matt. Nice to be with you. Also with you. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, that dog had opinions and thoughts. <laughs> She was spouting pure facts, pure facts, um, <laughs> and we appreciate it. <laughs> lock him up, woof! Lock him up, woof! <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really awesome uh, that Matt could join us um, for part of our segment, um, kind of pre-election um, politics and pop culture um, that we're just having fun with tonight. Although, obviously, we do have. Um, fairly strong political opinions and matt was <laughs> no it's no stranger to that um himself so it was great <laughs> to have him on the show but we still have one more piece of pop culture media that we didn't have time to talk about with matt but that we still want to talk about right adrian <laughs> i mean we've all seen the memes we've all seen the little videos and Twitter posts about it. And it just, it would feel wrong not to talk about Jaws <laughs> in relation and comparison to the COVID-19 pandemic response. Yes. Um, so I think we're planning on having a Jaws episode later. So we're going to try, try to focus this, but I recently reread, not reread. I read, sorry. Read the book and rewatched the movie. Thank you, Adrian. Um, And the COVID parallels, and I think it's just particularly because we are in this timeline right now, the worst timeline right now, but the COVID (laughs) parallels between what happens in Jaws and what is currently happening in the United States with COVID regulations, like they literally just jump off of the screen and slap you in the face. Um, Starting with the fact that the mayor of Amity Island, Mayor Vaughn, correct? Um, Mayor Larry Vaughn. Larry Vaughn. Fourth of July. He would be named named Larry. Um, Anyway, basically, (laughs) he he refuses to close the beaches because it will cripple the town's economy. (laughs) And I mean, like, if... (laughs) If you don't see the parallel there, I would please ask you to get your eyes checked um, because it's like literally it's oh, I mean, how? Yeah. Wow. So who knew knew that a movie and a book that came out in the 70s would be relevant to a pandemic happening 50 years later, which is horrifying that it's. I, I I gotta say I I really appreciated the the thread we were having while you were rewatching Jaws because you were just placing them like left and right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we were just gonna keep it we're gonna keep it focused to uh, that particular plot point because like Kat said uh, we're gonna talk about Jaws at some point. Yes. Uh, fairly yeah. soon I think. And I'm not gonna bring any of that other stuff up. I promise. Right. Probably. But uh, I, I like the way you refer to uh, to the tiger shark as like uh, the fake cure the. <laughs> the hydro what's yes, call it yes the hydro whoa so hydrochloroquine um yes, yes the hydro yeah. harley quinn yes that yeah <laughs> 
But I mean, it's like they in the in the movie, which I had not seen in several years. And so I had forgotten that scene. But in the movie, you know, they catch this tiger shark and they're like, oh, you know, we've solved the problem. Everything will be better now. It's going to go away. It's going to disappear. <laughs> and after, after people rioted and started throwing dynamite and started shooting at the water and. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's insane. <laughs> so so you have these people kind of proclaiming this this fake cure you know they've solved the problem they've they've cured the cured the problem and everything will get better now and of course that is not true um they've not actually confronted the problem or solved the problem at all (laughs) and there's just there i mean i just yeah i mean we had we had started uh, you know kind of thinking about this from the you know the mayor just being adamantly against taking any kind of safety measures and then you but then you watch the movie and there are just all of these really great examples i mean the fact that you know you literally they refuse to close the beaches and then you have someone a kid a kid and a dog in the movie it's just a kid in the book um, thank you for not forgetting kid, the dog Yes, the kid and the dog that are both eaten by the shark literally in front of a beach full of people. I mean, they have to be like hundreds of people. And then they have this town meeting to determine what is going to happen. And what none of these people, they're all adamantly opposed except for um, Police Chief Brody. They are all adamantly opposed to closing the beaches like they're acting in their against their own self-interest um you know even though literally someone was killed right in front of them a child a child was killed right in front of them <laughs> but yet they can't they can't bring themselves to take that step and it's like i just watching that unfold on screen and i was just like <sighs> It's just, it feels, it's too, it's too real. <laughs> I can't. <sighs> like I said, the, the the messenger thread was pretty hilarious for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there, yes, you know, so you've got that scene and then you've got, I mean, you kind of touched on this earlier, but when like all of the the islanders are heading out to like confront this shark and it's just basically it's it's this frenzy of people and everybody's doing something different it's like all of the states having to do their own covid responses you know because we don't have any clear overarching plan there's you know who's doing what who knows we all have, we're all doing something different oh there's <laughs> some a of plan. it's working there's a plan yeah Hooper totally well. has a plan but the mayor ignores it He's ignoring yeah. the expert on the mm-hmm. COVID shark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's 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 amazing how a piece of pop culture media from the 70s can turn around and still be relevant to a situation that none of us would have predicted so many years later. And I think that is what is kind of amazing about pop culture media in general is that yes we often get you know political themes reflected in um in pop culture media you I mean it's all over the place like we said earlier in the episode and you know 
aside from the examples that we named, there are so many others out there in books and movies and TV shows um, that all have that reflect, you know, some political aspect. And so it's amazing that, you know, even stuff from from many years ago it it comes back around everything is cyclical like there's you know just and i don't know if peter benchley when he wrote jaws like what i mean in the introduction he kind of talks you know he talks a little bit about like you know where he came out came at writing the book from um and i don't know if there was any kind of political um because it was the early 70s um and I, I don't know if there's any like specific politics of that time that were influencing him as he wrote the book, but the the way that the movie plays out, I mean, it's it's perfect for a scenario like this, <laughs> which which I, I maybe think... you wouldn't think about a shark movie at first, but man. I was like slapped in the face with all of the parallels watching the movie last night. It was just like, man, man, there's another one. There's another. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's that's the biggest thing right there. Like people started making the comparisons online. Right. And you're thinking, oh, that's kind of funny. But the more you think about it, the more like you're saying it's like, holy crap. It's like it's a little too perfect somehow. Yeah. Oh, this is working (laughs) out. How well it fits. Yes, yeah. And probably the the biggest point too that it's also made its its uh its point on the memes is that Mayor Vaughn is still the mayor in Jaws 2. He won the re-election. Oh, can we <laughs> Which is I, I mean really hoping it, that doesn't it, happen in this case, yeah. Yeah, is that some kind of uh Simpsons predicted the future type of thing, but you know with Jaws <laughs> In a, me- a mediocre sequel to Jaws, like what? Oh God, I hope not. What, what what is that? You just can't help but think about it and then laugh and cry. It's just it's it's, it's a funny. Yeah, I mean I've not seen Jaws two, but yeah. Ugh. <laughs> In this case, I sincerely hope that's not the case because I honestly don't know what we're gonna do. But anyway. I'm not going to go spiral on the podcast right now. <laughs> All we can um, do is vote. You and I have. Uh, Matt has. And, you know, bless him and the, all the other people that are going to be out there tomorrow managing the polls and yes. making sure people Shout can. Shout out to all the poll workers. That right. mm-hmm. It's a crazy time, folks. Um, so... Do your best to be safe tomorrow. If you are voting in person, uh, get in line early. And remember that uh, if you are in line, even if the polls close, you can still vote because you're in line. So don't leave, even if you have to wait. And it will probably be long for some people, I'm sure. I'm blessed to live in a state that does vote by mail. And my vote has already been verified and nice. counted. So, but I'm, I'm, we're very lucky here in Washington and it is not like that in every state. In fact, I've been closely following a uh, legal case in Texas right now where they're trying to invalidate a bunch of votes um, in Harris County <laughs> that have been Ugh. carefully eyeing on Twitter. <laughs> 
So thank you, Governor um, Abbott, for your yeah. bullshit. <laughs> mm. So uh, yes, I'm just thank you to everyone that has voted and taken part in the democratic process, and good luck to everyone who is voting tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, yes. So stay strong. Uh, so the biggest uh, point behind this episode is we were trying to bring some levity, some humor to what is bound to be a very, very stressful day. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to if you're in the United States and you're listening to this episode in line waiting to vote, uh, we hope we could help take your mind off of things for a bit there. Also, keeping it relevant. If you're listening to this uh, tomorrow, too, but you've already voted, you know, we hope we can distract you from, from the news <laughs> channel of your choice, from which the we know you're going to be watching. Spiral. Or Twitter. Yep. Yes. And if you're watching, or sorry, not watching, you're listening to this after the election, many, many days after, and, you know. <laughs> Let us know what it's like listening to this now, because uh, this is this episode. I just realized is going to be an interesting artifact for for this show. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so. Again, like Matt was saying earlier, it may take many days before we know who the forty sixth president will be, and that's totally normal and has totally happened in the past. I mean, God, think about it. You know, in the way back days when they didn't even have the internet or phones or. <laughs> cars <laughs> and they were doing it all by horse <laughs> so uh, <laughs> back in the way back days when you did it on the days. horse yeah <laughs> so it's totally normal for for <laughs> voting counts to not be tabulated um immediately and i think that given the sheer numbers of people that have turned out there are going to be a lot of votes to count all across the country um, not just in certain states. I mean, I think voting turnout is up everywhere, so which is only for the better. Um, no matter what, it's like Matt was saying, you know, you you need to participate in democracy to make it work. And so the more people we have voting, the better it is across the board. So with that, uh, if you want to follow us, you can do so on... Twitter and Instagram at Brainslugpod or our website, bluelabpro.com slash Brainslug. Uh, if you want to follow me specifically, you can do so on Instagram at bluelabpro. You can find me doom scrolling this week on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram, although maybe not as much on Instagram at CatRay. Doom scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. I, I it's not healthy, but it's to, true. Made it a point to clean up one of my closets tomorrow, just so I could be like physical throughout the day. Because oh, there's smart. no way I'm gonna be able to focus on work or, or anything. So, but I yeah. like actual like physical labor will. Yeah, will work. So that's that's my that's my election Tuesday right there. <laughs> smart, smart. That's smart. Um, I still haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do, so <laughs> I should probably work on that. I'm hoping at least that Star Wars Twitter is, you know, something distracting tomorrow. Or maybe just delete Twitter off my phone altogether. Yeah, right. Uh, but <laughs> uh... <laughs> stranger things have happened. So <laughs> 
All right, that'll do it for us tonight, everybody. Uh, be safe. I'm, I'm, I'm top, I'm top of everything else. Be safe while you're out there yes. running. Wear a mask, social distance. Don't mm-hmm. be intimidated. Just, just, just be safe. We, 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 we don't want anybody getting hurt. So no. Until next time. Bye bye. See you later. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. Edited and produced by Adrian Mesa with original music composed by Felipe Rosales. And original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs>